to Homeowner AF. Today, I have Leslie and Paramal with me. They are the co-founders of Husmates, and I will let them introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about what they do professionally, because a quick look on LinkedIn shows me that you both have quite the storied careers. So mm-hmm. Leslie, we'll start with you. Go ahead. What is it that you do? Yeah, so my background is health policy. I was a social worker for a very long time, opened a few restaurants. Yeah, you know, what all real estate agents, you know, come to real estate with like a very varied background. Um, But I came to real estate with a very clear and direct purpose, which was to help people buy properties together. Because I myself, when I was uh, in my 20s, uh, was a single mom and bought a house with two of my best friends. And it was probably the best decision I ever made, given it kept me from having a worry about being a tenant. Um, my kid had community, I had support, um, and also financial, uh, I gained some financial wealth as a result, which helped me move on to my next project. Um, yeah, and so. I really wanted to help other people do this because I believe wholeheartedly that it is probably a the next wave of real estate purchasing because of the cost. But I also believe wholeheartedly that it's better for us to live in some sort of intentional community. Um, And that doesn't mean living together. um, But it does mean having people who are connected to you in some way. Yeah, living connected. Absolutely. I'm so excited to get into this. And Paramal, tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. My background comes from uh, kind of the interior design and architecture space. Um, and I've had my real estate license since I was in school working on the weekends as a, as, as kind of selling real estate for new developers. Um, but what coming out of school, I just did not really want to be the typical designer uh, builder of space that, you know, is, is building restaurants, hotels. Uh, so we we actually started an organization that um, serviced uh, social housing projects across the city um, and, you know, uh, offering design services and curation services for those spaces. And that really started to form my thinking around what housing meant for people and how to make it accessible and who should have access to housing, all the things that we now are trying to address through our company. Um, and. I took a, a, a bit of a hiatus from real estate and helped my sister build her law firm for several years in between then and now. Um, but jumping back into real estate in 2018, after I met Leslie and we did a deal together, we, I kind of fell in love with how she was approaching real estate. Um, and given both of our backgrounds in value alignment, I, we just felt like we could do something bigger and, and actually... Um, bring this to a a much more scalable solution for people. So that leads me right into my next question. How did Husmates come to be? It essentially came to be because as I was doing real estate and discovering that there was a very large segment of our population who were always people who believed they were going to be homeowners. I mean, we have to be careful. This is about making properties more affordable, not affordable. Um, so we are looking at one very you know, specific segment of the population, which are people who have good incomes, credit scores of you know, over 700, um, always believed they were going to be homeowners and have been shut out of the market. I mean, we financialized real estate to such a degree that you know, people are unable to purchase. And so the more people were coming to us saying like, 
this is crazy. I have an income of $120,000 a year and I can't get a goddamn thing in this city. Um, we decided that we needed to do something bigger than just being agents because as agents, what do you do? You say, oh, well, that's really too bad. Uh, you know, go, I don't know, go buy a 499 square foot condo. Um, that's what you can afford. Mm -hmm. And we realized that something needed to happen. And so thus Housemates was born. So you became agents of change instead of just real estate agents. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Finding, um, finding solutions. Sorry, yeah. did you want to add to that, Paramal? Yeah, I was just going to add that, you know, when, when you're kind of making a change like that, you, it, I've lost my train of thought. I'll, I'll, I'll skip it for now. It'll come back. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, just because things have always been this way doesn't mean that's how they have to continue. So I, I love that sentiment. Uh, so how does the app work? Can you get into that a little bit? Sure. So right now it, it works as a co-ownership matchmaking app. And it's based on the thesis of the work that Leslie and I have already done. We were doing, um, we've actually done approximately $80 million worth of real estate transactions in the co-ownership space. So strictly co-ownership deals, we call them. Um, and often we were getting the question like, oh, how do you actually find other people that might be willing to do this? Um, that's not my family or friends because I don't want to do it with my family or friends. Um, and so uh, it works a little bit like Hinge or Tinder, um, less Tinder, more Hinge, where uh, you're you know swiping profiles and you're uh, seeing people that might fit your kind of specifications for matching. And um, if you guys like each other on the app, uh, a message, um, a messaging capability opens up that's private to you folks. So you, so our, our goal is to like make the match happen on the app, but then you take the conversation away. And then when you're ready to have a deeper conversation about actual properties, we, you could, we could come back into, um, this, this scenario. That's brilliant. When I was looking at the app, I signed up and it seemed like something that could absolutely facilitate connection, but not necessarily only as a co-ownership. Like it seems like there's a community being built there and that there's the um, the flexibility to be able to, like there's so many possibilities connecting with like-minded people. So I think that's that's incredible. Can you tell me a little bit about who does co-ownership? It's a relatively new model in, here in Canada, even though people have been living together, especially yeah. families. Um, but we are now talking about it, right? Because the impetus of interest rates rising and um, it, housing becoming unaffordable for lots of folks. Who takes advantage of these opportunities? Um, presently, uh, pretty much everybody and anybody on the on the age spectrum, on the income spectrum, people are, you know, we've done multi-generational families, we've put seniors together, we've put young millennials together. But I think primarily it is at this moment because of the economic situation that is facing different segments of our population, I think the most motivated is sort of the, the 40 and under um sort of older than 25 like in that category where they're like urban dwellers they want to remain urban dwellers they want to stay close to work they have support systems in the city like all of those things are mode and they um want to make home they're in that transit like that part of their life where they're making large decisions about long-term relationships 
having children possibly, and and all of those things are grounding and rooting people in a certain place. Um, are we seeing folks work. with children as well participate in this? Oh yeah, okay, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I see so many opportunities there um, just to get have a really rich experience for mm-hmm. children in that kind of uh, community. And it, regardless of how it's structured, where how people are living, I think children need the community. And post-COVID, I think it's it is an incredible opportunity. Yeah. And as we watch our social service networks and safety nets uh, get destroyed, essentially, we don't have uh, what's needed and available for people to, you know, daycare mm-hmm. spots, for example. They've, again, the affordability the, of even having them be available. So if you can socially construct a you know, an environment where you do Monday and I do Tuesday and we do Wednesday together or whatever it is, like you you start to actually reduce some of those external stresses as well, right? And for seniors, isolation, I mean, you know, we all know that it's like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, like the health benefits of having someone knock on your door and just be like, hey, how you doing today? Like, all good? Like it, anyways, I think there's, the bricks and mortar, as mm-hmm. we always say, is one part of what you can succeed and do in co-ownership. And then there's all kinds of other things. There's layers and layers and layers. Absolutely. I think it's um it's a really great opportunity. So then that that was actually my next question. Beyond um having somewhere to live and owning and growing equity, what are the other opportunities or the benefits of a co-ownership model? So finance is a big one, right? Like when you're teaming up with two or three people, uh, your financial burden is lessened and the risk around sharing a home together is shared, um, which I co-own right now. Leslie's co-owned in the past and does still co-own and it and it feels safer. It feels like you're in it together. So you don't have this whole like there's two breadwinners in this house and we have to like manage this entire property on our own with our children, with our lives. Like there could really be systems in place that help you manage finances, but also care and maintenance of the property, um, which people don't realize is actually a big deal. I mean, I find, you know, millennials and Gen Zers are way less handy than we've ever been than uh, our previous. We're, we're also looking for our village and the village is not showing up. So I think that, that yeah, that's what you're yeah. getting at. And, and, you know, maintaining your home in its own right. Like, how are you going to, you know, all of that stuff can, like, co-ownership can really help alleviate the stress around all of that stuff. Um but the, the, the and, and then, of course, all the social benefits that Leslie talked about, you know, can you take my dog for a walk? Can you water my plants while I'm gone on vacation? Um, those things are really important for yeah. building community. And connection, right? Yeah. I also think it's really important that we contextualize this as well in what is becoming a more precarious in, uh, environment for people who are employed. Um, contract employment, short-term employment, you know, working from home employment, that's got all kinds of positives and negatives. Like there's all of the external stuff is also shifting. And I think it's time um, that we start having conversations as well about what do we need in the way of structures of home ownership? Because 
you know, as everything else changes around us and we hold on to this bastion of like, I'm going to own a home all by myself mm -hmm. or with my significant mm -hmm. other. And, and, you know, we just, it, the, you know, we create a, a, a never ending cycle, right? It's like the never ending cycle of poverty. Like, you know, how do you break out of a particular mindset and model of ownership that's going to be beneficial to the greater number of people? And we, mm -hmm. it is time. We've got to start addressing it environmentally. We have to start addressing it for our mental health. We have to start addressing it for the lack of social services. We have to start addressing it. And it's it's part of the housing strategy has to be questioning that. Exactly. I completely agree with you, Leslie. And I could listen to you talk all day, frankly, about housing. Um, but yeah, it it really is the structure that um, that we're just living in, that everything else is changing around us. And I talked to my first time home buyers and they all ask me, like, what's the magic pill? What what do I need to do? And I tell them my even this year, my folks who have bought homes as a first-time home buyer, the only thing that they have in common, well, other than some of them generational wealth, is an open mindset. So if you are not the very fortunate benefactor of a huge gift or um, the passing down of wealth, then something does need to be different because Canadians are not the Canadians of 50 years ago. We all look different. We work different. Our minds are different. So, yeah, I always tell people we need an open mind and we need to look at the whole picture. So I appreciate that you folks are bringing kind of a different another part of the puzzle for people to look at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing that we've talked a lot about recently is, is that, you know, we can't drain our parents retirement funds. No. Right. Like, you know, pension jobs pension jobs. I mean, how often do you hear someone say, oh, I'm going to work for the car factory for the rest of my life because at the end of it, I'm going to have a secure pension. Yeah. I mean, we don't have that anymore. Most of the wealth, and we're going to see this more with the, the, the my age group, which is the only wealth I have is my real estate. That's all I've got. I've got to retire on that. And I've got three kids. So if I, if I finance them, they're going to be feeding me chicken noodle soup in their basement because I'm not going to have a retirement. And so it is, again, it's that kind of connection to, it's not just about the bricks and mortar, right? And we have to start talking about this. What did you say the other day? Like it was something like um, with the parents, like the, the num they're the number one lender. Oh, um, Stats Can just released a report uh, over the weekend uh, that anyone earning 80 thousand dollars or less um 80 of the people that are earning eighty thousand dollars or less will only be able to buy if their parents give them money that's and a I, huge number isn't it crazy i had an article come across my inbox actually two days ago that said that the single biggest factor determining um who will own a home is if their parents owned a home yeah so i mean well, and especially in the city where you folks are based, how like that, that's not, it's impossible. And now let's fast forward another 25 years to the millennials kids having access to real estate, right? Like we're, yeah. so anyone who's 45 and younger, um, I mean, I regularly meet parents who are renting with two kids. Yep. That's normal. That's totally, mm -hmm. and they're, 
course, there's nothing wrong with that. But what I always think about is like, what are you, what are what's your plan for when your kids want housing? Is it are we now moving into a place like Berlin and France where it's these huge swaths of people living in rental housing that is just normal? Um, it, it's a very plausible future if it continues right. along. And we then, if that's the case, we have to really address tenancy because this will become the other money maker and if we don't put like rent control like what the hell like you know you can turn around and have your house like oh by the way we're gonna raise your rent by you know thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars it's like it doesn't work so in this market sure rental is a great option for people but they're they're sitting ducks mm -hmm. and you folks are operating in toronto proper right so yeah. This is something that we're seeing all over Canada. I'm in Northern Ontario where the median um, income is much lower. And then we have comparable rental prices that are just going up and up and up. And then we have seniors who don't have access to housing. And then what is being built is luxury in my area, which is another issue. So I think that this spans definitely outside the greater Toronto area. But I do think a lot, Paramal, about what you were saying about the large European city centers and how housing has um, developed in that way, where it's just really is a renter's world. And is that That's what's it. happening to Canada? Like something, yeah, you're right. Something needs to change. So my yeah. next question for you folks, and sorry, did you have something to add? Oh, Go oh, ahead. Keep going. Is what, what gives you hope for Canadian home buyers? I know we've talked a lot about, um, what's coming down the pipe and what the future could look like. But if there's a grain of hope that you have for, for home buyers or people who want to be home buyers is what is it? That we become so powerful that we change the landscape of home ownership. Mm -hmm. That's my hope that we will start a conversation that will start a revolution and a movement that will get people saying, we need to take charge of our, life and do something radically different and really challenge the systems in place, the traditional mortgage lending rules, the, the, all of it, all of it, toss it in. And I think people are starting to really, mm -hmm. really start to question stuff. Right. And conversation is, is the impetus. That's what we need to start. And I think that folks just don't know what's available to them. They don't know in the same way that they come to me as a mortgage agent, don't know the process. They also don't know that there are alternatives. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much out there. So I think, yeah, these conversations are so important. And I'll throw it to you, Paramal. What's giving you hope? So change makers like us, for sure. There's so many of them. There's a whole generation coming up of change makers. That we are, love Gen Z. Love yeah. Gen Z. Yeah. And that are going to help solve this problem. I have a lot of hope for that level of future but i also think that um you know using technology to our benefit and to solve some of these issues is gives me a lot of hope um and i'll just use a small example our business is based in co-ownership matchmaking right now our big vision for housemates is not is to really use matchmaking and building the micro communities that we're so excited about, but really use that model to grow it into a much bigger scalable replicable model around um, developing multiplexes, creating what we call um, citizen developers, empowering 
folks to build their own housing while also creating um, what we call rent-to-own models through asset tokenization. Um, blockchain has revealed a huge opportunity for us to take over in the housing space and people like us and people who are value aligned and value driven should be the ones building the technology that changes the housing future. Yes, absolutely. I think that uh, values first is definitely something that needs to be adopted. So you've told me a little bit about what's next for Husmates. Um, what's I would like to hear a little bit more about what you guys do, kind of boots on the ground. I've seen some things on social media, and it looks like you have such engaging events. Can you tell us a little bit about the in-person events? Yeah, we've started to do them on a regular basis now because you know, as much as I'd like, I'm always, I'm the old, the old stodgy one who's like, technology's not going to work. Um, I know it will, but I think there's a lot of touch involved in our industry as well. And that you have to really help mm -hmm. people move along this journey, especially in co-ownership really well. So our events are focused on bringing people together to hear fears and what they're, what they're excited by and help them figure out what the possibilities are. So we do ones that are large and we do whole education, like legal, all of it, mortgage stuff, how it all works. And then we do smaller events, which is come mingle, mm -hmm. just come and let's talk about co-ownership. This is how we're going to make the change happen more and more people out there. So I think we, we really value having people come into a room lay lay down what they're worried about and then we can dissect that and be like yeah that's a good fear but there's a solution to it mm -hmm. or right there's there's something and a safe space with. is so important yeah. for that i yeah. i agree yeah and there's a lot of um uh boots on the ground matching that still happens oh, yeah. right yeah. so yeah that's true. Like we're we're sort of proposing this idea where you go on an app and ideally you meet the best person in the world and you go off and you know find a house with them. That's great. We're far away from that being like the way to do it and the normal way to yeah. do it. We Leslie and I still have to have these events and make sure that people have an opportunity to make mingle in person. But then if you want to break off into smaller groups and have a tea where we are just like talking to you more kind of casually, more privately. Like we do that all the time. Yeah. Like on Tuesday, I'm going yeah. to like, you know, it's a potluck, but there are yeah. four families. Right. So I, I just appear, stuff, though. I appear at the potluck and yeah. I get to eat the beautiful food. And then yeah. we just talk co-ownership. But They're independent of housing, this is what needs to yeah. happen in our yeah. communities. I love that. They, they are a group of people who are in a fourplex as tenants mm -hmm. and the senior owners are starting to talk about selling and they aren't probably going to be able to afford the price tag because it's anyways long story but they during covid became so close as families because they had a big yard and they all spent time together that they are determined to take their whatever they do next they want to do it all together I love it. That's beautiful. And yeah. like I have I have goosebumps. Yeah. That's amazing. And and the mindset shift and what could happen from that is it's really such a small shift. Yeah. And you're yeah. still building equity. You still have home ownership. You can totally. still transfer your wealth to your children. Right. It's exactly. just a little bit of a different way. I I think that's incredible. Yeah. Very cool. Is there anything else that you folks would like to add? Anything that people absolutely need to know about Husmates? Sign up for the app. Sign up for the app. Try it out. 
Um, it may not be for you right now. It might be for you in six months from now or 10 years from now. Like, I think our model is applicable in so many various ways, uh, various uh, points of your life. You know, you could be a single mom, but then you got together with someone, but you know, you're a widower. Like there's just, there's so much that opportunity that uh, a model like ours could offer. And I would, I'm just asking your listeners to give it a shot. Yeah. Absolutely. And you folks are operating in the GTA proper, in Toronto proper? Yeah. I mean, the there's people signed up on the app from actually all over Canada um, and the States. Oh. Um, so it, it's not agnostic to Toronto. Like you could potentially meet someone in Wisconsin if there's another person in Wisconsin. So that's So fine. if you want to dip your toe in regardless of where you live. Regar- exactly. Ahead. Yeah. yeah. And it also will highlight if there's events and, and again, we have all kinds of material to help people. We also believe that a part of our job is to help people understand how to do co-ownership well. So, you know, if you, for example, had a group of 15 or 20 people that you wanted to gather up, we would, we would be there for you. Like mm-hmm. we would come and say like, okay, let's talk about it. So we don't, I mean, now with Zoom and all of that, you can do a meeting anywhere. So again, we offer our services without there's no fee we just say like we'll talk about co-ownership if you want us to anytime, anytime. <laughs> so i'm going to drop um the husmate socials and your socials in the show notes is there anywhere else people should be looking to find you folks no you can it's uh the app is available for download on google play and apple um that's pretty easy but yeah our socials are probably the best way to kind of keep in touch with us keep informed of of events of anything that we're up to brilliant well thank you for joining me thank Thank you. you so much